Uh, today I want to continue our series on being like Jesus. I'm so thankful for Origins Community Church that has allowed us to uh, join with them in these rhythms. Uh, these rhythms are just very practical, they're tangible in ways, and these aren't Sunday things. These are kind of everyday things. These are like, hey, take some time to think through these things. There's three parts I'm asking you to do. Uh, the first part is to think. So you can read this for two minutes in the email and the app. Kind of two minutes to read through this and think about some of these concepts. And then to practice something during the week. That's the do part. You could try something a little bit different. As awkward, as foreign as it may be, you do or try something different. And then I added the piece of reflection. You know how important that is of being able to reflect, well, what was this like? What was it like when I tried something new this week to be kind to somebody? <laughs> what was it like when I tried this week, we're talking about listening to somebody? What was that like? How awkward was it for me? And so if you go through some of those reflection questions, you'll kind of be in the process of growing, in the process of life change, in the process of it happening. Uh, so today we're going to uh, talk about um, listening as a way to love someone better, okay? So I'm going to read this passage. This is Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. And as I thought about... Uh, us listen to people, I thought about God listening to us. And this passage has always stuck out to me uh, when the Lord is calling Moses to then come free the children of Israel. So Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, the Lord says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So go now, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Okay, uh, someone should write a book on the biblical theology of God listening. I think that would be a good one. God listens to us. And I'm pretty confident that it's going to be really hard for us to listen to others, to be patient, to take the time, to be intentional, uh, to calm down all the triggers we have when someone's talking to us, you know, <laughs> and all the fears maybe that come up. It's going to be really hard to listen to somebody without recognizing that you are deeply heard by God. God listens to you. He listens to the cry of your heart in your private moments. He listens to the cry of your voice when you're in prayer, maybe in group prayer, as family prayer. God listens to us. Okay. Uh, here's a quote from David Mathis, who writes for DesiringGod.org, as John Piper's blog. He says, this God, the one God, almighty creator, rescuer, speaks to us to reveal himself that we might genuinely know him. But he doesn't only speak. In one of the great wonders in all the world and history, this God listens. First he speaks and bids us respond. Then he pauses, he stoops, he bends his ear towards his people, and he hears us in this marvel we so often take for granted and so flippantly call prayer. See, God listens to you. 
I've had to remind myself of that over this past year and a half. I have written my journal, my prayer journal over this past uh, months of, God, are you hearing me? <laughs> God, are you listening here? Have you forgotten me? I, I mean, I've been talking about this for a while, you know. And then reminding myself over and over, God has heard me in the past. I thought about stories I've had in moments of when I was in high school and I felt like God heard me and answered my cry. Or maybe it was high school or college or something like that. So I began to remind myself, hey, yeah, hey, he does listen. He does hear you. But just to have that moment of like peace when I remember, yeah, God, he listens to his people. It's a wonder. It's a mystery. Maybe foolish, seems like. But he listens and he hears every cry. Okay? And you'll see this quote in the Rhythm for the Week. But often the best most immediate and effective way we can serve others is simply to listen to them. You'll have every excuse not to maybe help somebody, maybe financially we get it, we have our limits. You can't go somewhere and be somewhere with someone. You can't do something for someone. But if you could simply listen, you would be serving that person. Okay? Uh, Secondly is to recognize that Not only does God listen, he does understand us. Well, why does he understand us? God created us. He knows best. He gives us uh, what we need the most. Uh, During prayer on Wednesday nights, I've been reading uh, uh, Psalm 23 and how he's our great shepherd and how the shepherd knows what the sheep need. Uh, He gives us what we need the most. And I know so often we assume we know best and know what we need, and we assume we know what somebody else needs and when they need it. But if we'll take the time to understand, we'll really understand what they need. God understands you. And if you take a moment to sit in this concept that, man, God listens to me and he understands me, that will relieve some, pre- some stress, some pressure. That'll relieve some angst of just knowing somebody gets it, somebody understands okay we recognize that uh, Jesus called the disciples and he understood that they needed an invitation that they needed a path he understood their needs that they needed a community Uh, I think about in John 4 and the story of the Samaritan woman that Jesus go kind of takes the long cut not the shortcut the long way around to where he's going and He meets the Samaritan woman in John 4 and a conversation about water because they're at the well. A conversation about water turned to a conversation about hope. Now just think about that for a second. Jesus doesn't start with, hey, let me just tell you about salvation. He starts with, we're at a well, can I have some water? And a conversation follows. And somehow this conversation goes from about water to a conversation about life and salvation and hope that's so powerful and so Im- impactful in her life that she goes back and tells all her friends about this experience she had, and the experience she had wasn't a healing. There's no healing that happens in John 4, the physical healing that we can see. This incredible experience that caused her to go tell all her friends and many people believed because of the testimony of the Samaritan woman. It happened because a conversation happened where she felt known, heard, understood. Even greater than a physical miracle. This is understanding. And as I think about this this week and listening, I mean, listening I recognize is not the easiest thing to do for people. Most 
often we listen to reply and we don't listen to understand. Just think about that for a second. When you listen to a friend, when you listen to a family member, when you are trying to listen to that person that you're arguing with, you know, we listen to reply, to have something to say back. We don't listen to deeply understand. You could ask, obviously, follow-up questions. You can ask all these things to understand. But if you would just take that one part and ask this question, could I even repeat what they just told me? If you're in a conversation and you think about that, some of you are like, I don't know, I probably couldn't do that. So one thing I've been doing in some of my conversations is say, okay, so what I hear you saying, you know, there's all kinds of things on listening and different parts, but sometimes I'll just start, okay, so what I hear you saying, and then that I draw a blank for a second, so that tells me I need to ask a few more questions, you know. So what I hear you saying is you really didn't like that. And what I love about that question is it kind of can then continue the conversation to help me understand better. And then what it also does is it makes me recognize that there's a lot that I cannot assume. Have you ever had that experience where someone just says, so what you're telling me is this, and you're like, no, I didn't say that at all. Where did you get that from, (laughs) you know? And there is a requirement to lean, I believe, upon God as you listen. Because you actually have to learn something new. There's going to be new knowledge, new information. It can't be an assumption. I just think of Jesus walking away from John 4 and this walking away from the Samaritan woman and Jesus could tell his disciples all about this woman. This conversation was not just about Jesus. This conversation was about this woman. And this woman opened up and shared. And that's how this conversation about water turned into a conversation about hope. Think about this. Right now, the people you're going to see this next week, when we have Thanksgiving coming out, it's all Thanksgiving too. You may or may not have people at your Thanksgiving table this year, depending on your restrictions, but typically the holidays turn into like, can we just get through this without anybody fighting, right? Well, if you think about it, could we sit with someone and try to understand? Understand what it's like to be them? Understand what it's like and what they're going through? Could you understand? Here are the parts of what we're doing this week, okay? Seek to know people better. Talked a little bit about that already. So that's what you're doing this week. Just seek to know know people better. I want you to think about God listening to you. I want you to think about God hearing every cry. I want you to think about God knowing everything about you and what it's actually like. Seek to know people better. Uh, Seek to know their experience and how maybe it's different than yours. Seek to know why it's like that. Uh, Ask questions that show you value who they are. Okay. I love, have, over the years, I've begun to love, as I talk with people, learn about people, to not just know where they're at today, but how they got there. Well, how did you get that job? What was that like? You went through three different things? Okay, how, what was this like? How did you get there? How did you get to have uh, this going on in your life? How did you get to have this hobby? This is amazing. How did you, so ask questions and not just ask, don't just ask where they're at right now. Well, how did they get there? Uh, I remember when I was here years ago, and uh, serving at the church, I would have, an, you know, single at the time, and, you know, my family lives in Texas, and so I wasn't going there for all the holidays because it's far, and I remember I would have families in the church invite me over for Thanksgiving or invite me over for, you know, Christmas or invite me over for whatever or for dinner, and I remember those conversations like having, got, trying to get an idea and having conversations around, oh, why do you do Thanksgiving this way? 
well, why do you celebrate Christmas this way? This is not how I celebrate Christmas growing up. This is not what we have for Thanksgiving. Well, how do you guys come to do that? Well, we do it this way or this way. Um, uh, well, how does this, why do you guys do it this way? Or why is it like this? I know families that have, you know, like this uh, Thanksgiving dinner that's not on Thanksgiving so that everybody can actually be there. You know how Thanksgiving gets so busy. Everybody, you know, you got your thing. But then they have this Thanksgiving dinner on another random day in, the, in November so that everybody can actually be there. I thought that was such a great idea, <laughs> you know, or Christmas or whatever. I was like, this is so great. How did you guys come? Well, we just love each other and realize that everybody has their own things going on and we really want to be with each other. So let's just make Thanksgiving on November 11th or whatever. I thought that was powerful. How'd you get there? Well, our family really values fill in the blank. How'd you get there? Um, If you think about even in people's work and stuff, well, how how do they get there? You love your job. Great. You hate your job. How did you get to that point? (laughs) You know, how did you get to the point of not liking your job anymore? Uh, I've talked to you before and shared this as a resource. Uh, These counselors, uh, John Gottman and his wife, they did this all these studies on uh, marriage and divorce, and they kind of came up with these uh, four horsemen of divorce. They talk about these four things that lead to essentially disconnection in a marriage, which they argue then would lead to separation or divorce. And uh, one of the core things they talk about is that how you can kind of curb that disconnection. It's not like in these powerful, huge moments of life, but in just a little. And um, they have a podcast called Small Moments Often, highly recommended. Uh, but they talk about if you just take these small moments and catch the bid for connection with your spouse, that's what marriage is built on. I love this concept. Small things often. If you'll catch your partner's bid for connection, okay, then you can connect with that, listen, understand, build something, and that's what a relationship really is, okay? You could take that same principle and put it towards parenting, okay? In marriage, our best for connection could be, hey, how was your day? It was terrible. Okay, cool, I'm gonna go make dinner. That's a big for connection if they said that, right? They could have just said fine. <laughs> it's a bid for connection. Or uh, that moment in which you said, hey, do you wanna watch a movie tonight? You know what I mean? It's a bid for connection, right? Hey, what happened there? You know, there's these things that happen that are asking for connection, okay? In parenting, we can do this when, Kids sometimes are more overt. Can you play with me? That's a bid for connection. Don't say no. You can just say something like, I would love to play with you. Let me finish what I'm doing now, and then in seven minutes, we're going to play. Okay, let's set a timer on Alexa right now, you know. It's like, that's a bid for connection. Uh, I read somewhere that, you know, when a child hugs you, you don't ever let go until they say to let go or until they end the hug. I just love that idea. If a kid's, a kid's hugging you, they want that connection. The parent, don't let go until that kid starts letting go. You know, that's a bid for connection, right? Hey, will you stay with me tonight? Or will you do this? Or can I have more? What's the connection there? What are they asking for? There's a bid for connection. And I'm going to, without research and data, basically going to just say something. So you can disagree. <laughs> I just have this, I really believe that because this is a core need for us to be heard and understood, I believe that because it's such a core need for us to be connected and in a relationship, and I believe because we were, so, we were built and designed this way, that everybody at some point is going to show their cards they did want you to listen. I have no data on that, no research, 
But I really believe that at some point in a relationship, it could be in church people, you know, church family, it could be a marriage, it could be children, it could be a co-worker. I believe because this is such a coordinate, it's going to come out. You can't hide this forever. There is going to be some showing of the cards like, hey, you want to get lunch? Or hey, my birthday's in seven days, you know, I'm free, okay, you know, it's going to come out, <laughs> you know, hey, I've got nothing going on this week, or you see what I'm saying? It's going to come out, Okay. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? See, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out. Or when they say, yeah, it's yeah, it interesting this past week what went on. It's going to come out in conversation and asking. There will be, I believe, this bid for connection. Because we need it so much. Are you missing someone's bid for connection? Are you missing someone's comment of, Essentially, them saying, could you ask a follow-up question? Could you not look at your phone for a second? You know? Could you turn the TV off? They're not going to say that, because that would come off as offensive and critical, right? Hey, can you turn, put your phone down and listen to me? That's not going to go well, that combo, you know? They won't say that, but they'll say a question like, hey, what's going on with you? And then may that turn into something else. They may start a conversation about water but it's really about something else. If you'll just think about it right now, whether your kids, your spouse, a coworker, a neighbor, I even found neighbors, which are, I've noticed this, neighbor, my neighbors do it. Who cuts your grass, you know? <laughs> then we start talking about how hard it is to take care of things, and how busy you are, and tired you are of the pandemic, right? It's just a bid for connection. If you just think, think through this, they're all around us, they've been happening. I believe that everybody's gonna show their cards at some point on their need to be listened to, to hurt, to be heard, to be understood. Here's a few re reflection questions I came up with. Okay. In your conversations this week, as you try to listen, as you try to be patient, as you try to focus, as you try to listen, you know, did you listen to reply or did you listen to understand? And the way to do that is say, okay, could I summarize what they just told me? And if I did it, would it be wrong? Would it be way off, you know? <laughs> um, you know, I've talked to marriage, marriage couples before. I've kind of, you know, asked them, you know, if, if, if right now you wrote down right now what all, everything your spouse needs right now and is going through right now and the expectations, and then they did the same thing. We compared the list. How off would it be? That's just understanding and listening. It's not saying you're going to do all those things. It's just understanding and listening and vice versa. Secondly, and this is um, one that uh, it's going to happen when you, start to, <laughs> when you start listening to people is, how do you react to silence in conversation? We feel like we have to be entertainers. We feel like we have to keep things moving and, and going. Why? Why can't we just sit at the well and listen? You know? Why do you always got to be doing something? How do you react to silence in that conversation? You know? Are you allowed to give that space for you? Why can't you think in a conversation? You're just thinking about what they're saying. Why? How do you react to silence in a conversation? And thirdly, how quickly did you insert something about yourself before being invited to? Okay? How quickly did you insert something about yourself before being invited to? 
telling a story about their great vacation to Hawaii, you know, and how awesome it was, you know, in this hotel they stayed at. And then he said, oh, yeah, I've stayed at this one hotel and it was terrible in this place. And then, yeah, and then this happened and that happened and we'll never go on vacation to this one place again. Ooh, hold on, they're still talking about their thing. They're still talking about their hotel, but the hotel triggered something in you to make you think about this other experience. How quickly did you insert something about yourself before inviting in, being invited into to do so? When someone is telling you about their day, about what happened, yeah, I spilled the coffee all over me. It was awful. People were, you know, looking at me because I have this big brown stain on my shirt, uh, you know, and then it turned into like, yeah, that stain's really terrible. You really need to wash that shirt, you know, like it's making me uncomfortable. Hold on, the story's not done yet. What, are the, what was that like? What was going on? Yeah, this happened to me one time and then just shifted the whole thing. How quickly did you insert something about yourself before being invited to do so? Okay, this one's really difficult because we naturally want to reply. We naturally want to connect and find some commonality. Yeah, no, I get it too. I, I have this and that. Yeah, I get, I get that from the idea of like, being able to find something in common, but they were trying to say something. And back to my earlier argument that I really believe is true, that everybody in some way is trying to say, I need you to hear me. It may be just so small. You may not even realize they didn't even share that story with anybody about spilling coffee on their shirt. You know, they didn't tell that to anybody. But you in that moment, and when you insert something about yourself before being invited to, you just shut down their bid for connection. You shut it down before it could turn into a conversation about hope, okay? Did you listen to reply or listen to understand? How do you react to silence in a conversation and how quickly did you insert something about yourself before being invited to? And I want you to know this rhythm, this practice is not a one-time thing. It's a life of learning this. I started to do this last question I just mentioned about how quickly did I answer something about myself before being invited to? I started doing that about like 15 years ago. I got real convicted on how Jesus lived his life and how his presence was with people in his conversation. I thought, man, maybe I'm doing this. Maybe why am I making it about me all of a sudden? Shifting the conversation to me and my thing. What happened to me? I've been doing this for like 15 years. It is a practice, a rhythm, an exercise. But it's been so great. It's enhanced all my relationships and allows me to be able to go there with people and allows me ultimately to be a loving person. To listen well is to love well. Let me pray for you, church. I'm going to have Nathan come and do our last song. But I just want to pray for you this week. I guess I'm praying that you would be able to have the pace of life and the pace of in your heart to be able to listen to somebody this week. And again, this isn't you go find somebody you need to listen to. This is people right in front of you right now. Family members, people you talk to with work things. Um, are you listening? Father, right now, I just pray for our church and our community as we're going to be doing this week something really hard. Lord, we pray that we would experience some peace knowing that you listen to us, that you deeply understand us, and how important and special that is so that it would encourage us and fuel us to be able to love that way too. That we'd be able to love like Jesus did and be like him and just have casual conversations of hearing and listening and understanding. That people would open up to us, Lord. And in those awkward silences, Father, give us the courage to hang on, to hold on and to endure that so that we can hear some more. Help us to be people that 
are not just replying, but people that are understanding. As we talk to people in our, that we always talk to in a new way, as we try something new, I pray, Lord, that our conversations would be ultimately not selfish, but they would be serving and loving. And I just pray in Jesus' name as we go through this that, Lord, you would do that miracle of life change, of transformation that our hearts would change, that we would be better listeners than we ever have been before. In Jesus' name.